Welcome back to the Tree North Podcast. I'm James McKenzie, and today, Trey Dixon. Trey, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, James. Good to see you. Awesome. We've got another guest that I would love for Trey to introduce to you guys today. Man, so I am so excited. And you know, on this podcast, this is all about highlighting ministries and ministry leaders. And really honored to have with us today, Brent Vodder. Um, Brent is actually employed and works with and has been called to an amazing ministry called CBMC, the Christian Businessmen's Connection. And we're going to jump more into CBMC and what they are. But man, before that, I get to meet and I've had the privilege, you know, with True North, I've met a lot of pastors. I've met a lot of ministry leaders um, and they're all good people. I mean, good hearts, good people, but you truly connect with some. And Brent is a guy who I truly feel like we become friends. Um, he loves the outdoors, loves hiking, came to base camp and made it, I mean, I, uh, an indelible impact on you. Um, and a guy who just truly understands this message, walks in this message, but a guy whose faith is honestly inspiring to me. And every time I'm around him, uh, just pushes me and takes me deeper in my faith. So, man, Brent, thank you for being here. Thank you for what you do with CBMC, but thank you even personally what you've fed into me. And so, man, I'm honored and excited to invite you know invite you and have you here today on this. So, Brent Vodder. Wow. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, James. It's yeah. an honor to be here. Uh, with an introduction like that, I better just end the podcast right <laughs> That's here. That's right. You better make it I, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, this is, this is an honor. You guys have been so busy this fall, about the only way I can grab lunch with you is to come on your podcast. Yeah. So I'm that's glad my to be that's here. my plan. That's, that's my right. tactic. <laughs> Good to be here. So man Brent, tell me tell me about you because so often it's easy to look at ministries and some of the times, you know, a, a pastor is a pastor to church or a ministry leader is a ministry leader and we tend to focus on that. And not that those things aren't important, but frankly when God calls us to those places, there's always a reason why. There's always a story and I love how Eldridge says it. Every epic story begins within the beginning. Um, and so share with us a little bit who's Brent and what's your story to where you ended up being full-time ministry with CBMC today. Boy, I, I'll take you all the way back to my early memories. I was raised in a neat Christian home, wonderful family, great parents, knew the gospel, very active in our church, but more importantly, parents who lived it out in the home. Wow. Um, but in my 20s, I was trying to build a career. And I wasn't intentional about growing my faith. I wasn't intentional about the people I surrounded myself with. And I moved several times in my 20s. My company and my career gave, gave me opportunity to take advancements in other states. And so when you're moving as often as I did during that decade, uh, I never got reconnected or plugged into a church or to a band of brothers around me. And I found myself you know, working harder, working more, chasing the bigger paycheck, yeah. achieving these things but ruining my seven-year marriage in the process. Wow. And, and, and I want a quick note, because I think just about every guy can some way, shape, or form connect yeah. with that success from the world standpoint, and yet that was the biggest hindrance on a personal and spiritual level. And my story did not involve, you know, I wasn't a moral you know, failure. I was, I was a good guy. I was a Boy Scout. I was the one that you would call at 2 o'clock in the morning to come change your tire in the rain. I was never a bad person. I just wasn't pursuing a relationship with the Lord. And when we, I feel like now looking back, I sabotaged that marriage because we lived in different states for half the time. Mm. You know, I would move someplace, build a house or renovate a house, and then she'd move up. And we had a son halfway through that too. So I've got a son who's 26 now, but he's unfortunately, 
he was raised in a broken home now because of the choices I made in my 20s. So I'm 30 years old. I'm divorced. I'm depressed. I'm in yet a new city. I think this was the fifth one in five consecutive years. And I'm, I'm ashamed of what I've just done to myself, to my son, my three-year-old son at the time. Uh, and so I'm carrying the guilt and just kind of the uncertainty of what does my future look like now. And I decided to go to a church for the first time in 10 years. And I just wandered into this little non-denominational church. And a man wearing khakis and a golf shirt came up and introduced himself to me. And he said, well, since you're new to town, you don't know anybody, I get to be your first friend. What are you doing Wednesday morning? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I have to be at work at, at 8. And he was like, well, great. Since you live alone, there shouldn't be any reason why I couldn't be at your kitchen table at 6.30, right? He literally invited himself to my kitchen <laughs> wow. table at 6.30. He said, have the coffee on. I'll grab a couple of donuts. And that began a three-and-a-half-year discipleship journey with this man. He wasn't just looking for a friend. He was looking for somebody to pour his life into. And I remember after we had gotten to know each other the first month or so, that he showed up one day with a workbook uh, by Henry Blackaby, Experiencing God, right? Most of us have heard about it or been through it. And he said, this workbook was really beneficial in my early faith journey. I've been through it many times with other men. I wonder if you would be interested in letting us use this as our conversation guide, and let's do this together. I think you would benefit from it. And so we had a tool now that he was intentionally bringing a process for us to follow. Conversations would obviously take different turns, and certain weeks I was dealing with one thing or another, but he would, he would let the Holy Spirit guide our conversations, but we always had this process to fall back on and continue to make progress in. And he was intentional about that because he helped me cast a vision or catch a vision early on for me being this guy to do with somebody else. I remember very early he would say, one day you'll take somebody else through this workbook. Mm-hmm. Well, he was wrong. I never did. And I'll get to that here in a, later, <laughs> in a bit. But that was my faith story. Next thing you know, I'm wanting to copy the way this guy lives his life. You know, he's he's shows up and he's talking about what God's been showing him in his quiet times. And I'm thinking, man, I need to start having a quiet time so that I can have a response when he asked me and he's showing up and he's quoting scripture without, you know, looking at his Bible first. And I'm thinking, man, I want to memorize scripture. Like he does. I want to pray scripture the way he does. Wow. He's planting seeds. He's planting seeds. And so I'm curious in these times where he was coming to your house 630 in the morning. That's uncomfortable, right? That's not easy. (laughs) Your your natural response probably was not just, oh, this is easy. And we're going to start this easy process of, of learning how to be a godly man. Um, what I'm curious, what were some of the, the, the opposing forces against you in those times where it was hard to grow, right? Like you didn't just grow easily. There was a cost. What this whole process was not easy. What did that look like for you? Well, I had to, and thankfully my, my recent divorce at that point helped me realize that my way wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, you've got, before, before you're really going to engage in this kind of a faith journey, mm-hmm. you've got to reach that level of humility where you say, you know what? Submission. Father, I need you. Yeah. Uh, I need a guide. Yeah. I mean, men need a guide. Yeah. Uh, we, need a, we need somebody who is on this journey with us. When you're dealing with shame and guilt the way I was at that stage of my life, I needed somebody who believed in me. Yeah. 
I need somebody who could talk me up and yeah. remind me of who I am in Christ and that he didn't send his son because I lived a perfect life. He sent his son because I had made a mess of life. Mm. We all have. It's called sin. And so I needed somebody to remind me of biblical truths, That's but kind of get me outside of my own head sometimes. Yeah. Um, but James, to your question, yes, it had a, there was commitment involved. Yeah. He wasn't going to keep investing himself in somebody that just took it casually and didn't come prepared. Mm-hmm. And when he would give me, you know, a challenge, he expected that I was going to put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is he never made me feel like a project uh, because maybe, I don't know, a few months into it, guess what happens when you meet with somebody so regularly? You become friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though he was much older than I was, uh, we became friends. And I realized, you know what, I'm up here. I'm, I don't have my son with me every weekend. So what would keep me from babysitting his kids so he and his wife can have a date night? And so we started doing things like that as little ways that I could pay back in that relationship for yeah. what he was doing with me. And uh, so back to my story. So he, yeah. he moved out of state. God called him to pastor a church in Florida after we had known each other for about three and a half years. And so my guy leaves. And at this point, I'm really growing in my faith. I'm active in leadership at the church. I'm in a men's group. Uh, and a short time later, I had the opportunity to move down to Oklahoma City. So I did. That was all happening up in Tulsa, by the way. So I'm, I'm here in Oklahoma City, and, and uh, after eight years of being single again, I was introduced to and, and ended up marrying this wonderful godly woman who had never been in a marriage or a relationship before. So it was her first, my second, but it was really new to both of us. And we're both, at this point, in our 40s, very independent, very competent, uh, used to living and making all decisions by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which makes and marriage so easy. It does. It's <laughs> it's a perfect recipe for peace in the home. Exactly. So we, we struggled. We yeah, struggled. Yeah. And on top of that, we, we miscarried and then did a couple years of infertility. So we had that journey. Yeah. And then that ended up, we shut that down. God made it clear that there was not going to be a child for the two of us. Um, and... She was dealing with a heartbreak of that, and yeah. we, were, we were hurting as a couple. And I began praying, God, I need another Greg in my life. Where do I find another Greg? You yeah. don't just find those guys in church anymore. Well, look for the guy in khakis and a polo. Exactly. <laughs> I was looking at somebody, you know, looking for anybody in a polo shirt. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I, got in, I got invited to a CBMC function that we still do on the first Thursday of every month. We do just a come one, come all, no reservation required, doesn't cost you anything. Just come and fellowship with other Christian men in the community. Mm. We'll bring a devotional, and then we'll spend some time in prayer for each other. And then go about your work day, go about your month. And somebody invited me to one of these. I didn't have a reason to say no, so I said yes. Mm-hmm. Had never heard of CBMC up to that point, but when the area director at the time was describing for me what the ministry of CBMC is about. Well, we inspire and equip and encourage men to disciple other men. Mm. I was like, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for somebody to disciple me for a couple of years now. My wife and I have been praying about this together. And finally, I meet a ministry that produces regular, everyday business guys who have a vision and are ready to invest their lives to help someone else grow spiritually. So that's how I got connected to CBMC. I started, you know, obviously being discipled by this man again and saw much growth and change in my own spiritual journey, but also in my marriage. Um, and it was about four or five years in 
that I came home one day and I said, Paula, you're not going to, you're not going to believe what Harold asked me to consider. He wants me to come on staff alongside him at CBMC. Isn't that crazy? And she said, Brent, it's clear. God's calling you to this. Everybody knows it. And I looked at her thinking of all the people who would think I'm not qualified to lead a ministry, it would be my wife. And she's the one looking at me going, no, Brent, I know you're not perfect in every way, but this is God's call on your life. We need to pray about this. You know what I love so much about that is hearing that story. And you made the comment early on after a failed marriage, feeling defeated, feeling discouraged. I mean, all these things. And you said this guy, Greg, comes in and starts speaking and that he helped you even overcome the own voices in your head. I mean, all of those doubts, all those insecurities, all of the shame or guilt or whatever you were battling at the time and all the above. What's so important, what voices are we listening to? What voices are we allowing in our life? And are we allowing godly men to pour into us or are we allowing our own brokenness to be the only voice that we're hearing? Are we allowing the enemy to use and exploit our every defeat, our every failure, our every sin, and that's the voice and the tape that we're listening to, or are we allowing godly men to come in and give us that identity in Christ? And I think that is so important. What voices are we allowing into our lives? I mean, I hear that woven into that story, and it started with Greg, but it didn't end there. And part of having that community is a group of men not just getting into the Word, but now those are the voices that we're allowing into our lives. That's really well said, Trey. You know, nature abhors a vacuum, and I think our spiritual nature abhors a vacuum as well. Yeah. It's going to, if you're not filling it with truth and truth from God's word, then it's going to be filled with all those negative soundtracks going through your head saying yep. you're you've messed up too many times. You're not the right guy to help with this. Man, that's so good. Yeah. That's And so, I mean, we need it. We have to have it. Um, you know, I love something that I've said before, and I think it's worth saying again here. There's one guy who could have ever done life alone. That was Jesus, and he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, good. guys realize that. The one guy who could have didn't. We can't either. We have to have that community. We've got to have that discipleship. We've got to have a Paul in our life, someone, you know, a little older pouring into us. Um, but the flip side of that we should always be a Timothy or we should be a Timothy having a Paul pour into us. But then there's always a time we should be a Paul pouring into someone else. And so it's not meant to ever just be, I'm only receiving from someone. I should also be giving. And so it's this constant flow through. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pick up on that. Actually, I believe that there is a a stage in our own spiritual journey that we don't even get to in our maturing process as followers of Christ that we cannot achieve until we begin pouring into someone else. Mm. It's not enough just to be a yep. good guy. It's not enough just to have good men in your life. But until we actually start investing our life in somebody else, that takes us to a whole nother level. It's like the difference between being a 35-year-old man and being a 35-year-old father. One of them has reproduced and he is experiencing oh, wow. something in his maturing process as a father that the 35 year old single, no, no dad doesn't know and won't That's know. Good. 
That's yeah. good. And suffering is that thing you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. Sleepless that's right. Nights. It's exactly right. It's sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah. and it's, they don't know yeah. what it's like just to be that's an ATM. Right. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so share with me a little bit, what exactly is CBMC? So you've obviously kind of alluded to it, yep. but what exactly is CB, CBMC? Like what's your mission? What does that look like? Who is CBMC? So CBMC, first of all, it's an international ministry. We're in 96 countries around the world. We're wow. in 375 cities across the U.S., Hashtag goals right uh, there. There you go. I'm telling you. But uh, our mission for all this time and in all these places has never changed. It is simply two things. Take the gospel to the marketplace and to equip men in the marketplace to carry out the Great Commission. Mm. We work with people in our jobs, whether we own the company or if we just got started. Or if you're like me and you used to be an independent contractor and you kind of work the gig economy. We work, we interact with people who are probably not coming to churches on Sundays. And they may have whatever reasons why they don't want to pursue a relationship with the God who created them and who loves them. But we get to spend time with them every week. And so CBMC is about inspiring and, and equipping men to step into those conversations, to, to start a faith conversation with confidence to come alongside a coworker who maybe they know the gospel, but they're, they don't have Christian men in their life like you were talking about, who are spurring them on, who are helping them grow, who are challenging them to apply the things that we know and see in the life of Jesus. And so CBMC's ministry is about helping men catch a vision for being that guy to help someone else and get past so all those, those voices in your head that say, I don't have the answers to the questions they're going to ask, or I don't have time, or yeah. um, I'm still dealing with sin issues in my own life, so I probably need to figure that out before I'm ready to help someone else. Those are those are excuses. That's enemy. Mm. Uh, so let me you, okay. So let me because I, I think that is probably in my experience in ministry the probably the number the two top reasons that people are hesitant leading a group, sharing their faith, discipling someone, whatever it is. One, they feel like they don't have all the answers, and two, because they feel like their life isn't perfect. How do? How would you? What would you say to that person? I say, join the club. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at two other imperfect men along with myself in this room right now. Wait, what? Who? Who's the? <laughs> I'm looking out the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, we all struggle with those those thoughts in our head from time to time. Absolutely. We have our bad days. We still have our hurts, habits, and hangups that we carry even into ministry. Yeah. Um, we need men around us who remind us what God has called us to, mm-hmm. uh, who come alongside us and pray for us. I mean, we can't solve everybody's problems. Sometimes what the person needs is not a solution. They just need somebody in the foxhole with them so they're not yeah. by their so- themselves. Mm. There's only one thing that God created that wasn't good. It was a lonely man. And it didn't last for very long before he said, you know what? That's not good. Wow. I'm going to create the woman. I mean, back to your point. Yeah. You were created. The one person who could have lived alone chose not to. Yep. Um, yeah, we need community. So and good. So back to your point of, of what do you say to the guy who feels disqualified? The only qualification that we have is in Christ. I bring nothing to this ministry that he didn't first give me. I have to depend on him. As a matter of fact, that's a danger sign for me. That's a yeah. warning sign when I start operating in my own experience and my own strength. If I'm trying to engage in a ministry that he's called me to steward 
and I'm not surrendering everything to him on a regular basis in prayer, then I find myself working from my own strength, and that's a recipe for burnout mm-hmm. or flame out or frustration. Man, so that, like what you just said, is so incredibly powerful that if you're listening to this and you're going, man, I feel like I can't do ministry because I don't have it all together. What Brent just said, not having it all together may be one of your greatest strengths. Um, because if you think you have it all together and you're doing it in your own strength, that's your biggest detriment to ministry. And so that doesn't disqualify you. Now, I'm not saying justify sin. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me, okay? There may be some things in your life Jesus wants to work on and bring some healing to, but it is not that you have to have it all together working out of your own strength mm-hmm. to do the ministry that God's calling you to do. That's right. Yeah. So you're a guy. And we know the typical MO for even good Christian men is they're just surviving in the workplace. Yeah. They're going in and they're just making sure that their Christianity can survive that eight hour day and go back home and still be a good man, right? But but what you're doing is you're flipping that on its head and saying, No, we are gonna use your good man Christianity to go and impact your workplace. Like that's the mission. So what are the steps? How, how what does that look like for a man listening to this right now? That's like, man, I really need, you know, they're feeling the conviction. I want to make an impact on my work. What's their, what's their step and what's that look like? You know, the, the beauty is there's not a one size fits all mm-hmm. solution or formula for that. I am continually amazed by some of the testimonies I hear in our CBMC groups and gatherings by guys who just had an idea for something. You know what? I'm going to try this. Uh, we've got a guy, for instance, I'll brag on that guy. I'll just identify him by his first name, Craig. He's a safety officer for a construction company. So his job is to try to minimize the number of workplace accidents that happen on the job site, right? And so he's always on his guys to put safety cones up around their truck and you know, call Okie Dig before they dig and look for overhead lines and all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. So he's one of uh, the least popular guys. That's yeah, right. That's exactly, he probably was. That's I'm thinking exactly I'd that. never do any of that yeah. when I'm yeah. doing and, projects. And, and, <laughs> and he's fighting with some of the guys. He said, Brent, I think half the guys at work here show up hungover on some mornings. And, you know, no wonder we're having accidents. And he started praying about it. And he said, you know what the problem is? It's not communication. It's not policy. It's these people need Jesus. That's what the problem is. Yeah. And so he said, I'm just going to come to work at six o'clock on a Thursday morning. And I'm going to do a Bible study in the maintenance shed before these guys put on their safety vests and get in their trucks and drive off to the job sites. And so he started a Bible study with these calloused hand, steel toe boot guys every morning on or every Thursday morning. And it wasn't long before some of the people in his corporate office said, Hey, what are you doing out there in the maintenance shed? And he told them, they said, well, would you do that with us in the break room here? So he does one at lunch on Thursdays. He does another one in the shed on Thursday mornings. And I'm inspired when I hear stories like this because these are just guys who they're not following somebody else's formula. They're just going to work with a missional mindset saying, God, how can I impact this workplace for your kingdom today? And maybe it's just a conversation or maybe it's starting a group study in the break room once a week. Uh, It could be anything in between. We've got a man in our ministry who now leads one of our groups, but he's the president of the company. And so you kind of have to be careful about talking faith stuff with your employees, right? You don't want to come across as a condition for 
employment or something like that. And so he took a different approach. He, he approached one of his employees and said, hey, I've got an extra Bible that I thought was really cool, and I picked it up. And then I realized I've already got so many Bibles. Why did I pick one up? And I just thought of you. Do you have a Bible? Would you want this Bible? And the guy looked at him and said, um, no, I don't have a Bible. He's like, well, then this is for you. Here's a Bible. And, and if you would want to meet maybe every week or something, we could maybe read through it together. I'd love to answer some questions along the way. I love reading this book. This is the best business book I've ever picked up. Mm. And so he took that approach with one wow. of his employees. Now get this. This employee ended up giving his life to Christ, healing his marriage, and is now discipling several other men one-on-one. He is passing on to others what was first done in him. And I love hearing, you know, that's just, I could sit here all afternoon and talk about story after story of men that I've met who have taken a different approach to a situation or an opportunity in their workplace. But I think it always happened because they they were praying about it first, and they were just looking at where the Holy Spirit was already working mm-hmm. and finding some creative way to step into that. Mm-hmm. Man, so, Brandon, if a guy wants to get involved, if mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this sounds amazing, how do I do it? Like, what does that look like? Where would they go? When do you guys meet? Like, how, how would someone even get plugged in? Well, the easiest thing to do would be to give me a call. So I don't mind sharing my name and contact information. I've got two colleagues that work on staff with me, and we we love to have coffee with people. We are the most caffeinated ministry <laughs> in, in Oklahoma City, I think. We, we have a lot of coffee meetings. but And that's honestly, I, I will say that without the, the humor to it. We believe in that personal connection. So I, w- I could say go to the website, sure, but what I'd really encourage you to do is find our email address on the website or find our phone number on the website and call us yeah. and say, hey, you don't know me. My name is John, but uh, I just heard about you on this podcast, and I was wondering if you'd be up for a, gra- for a coffee or a lunch or a breakfast. So what is that yeah. website? Uh, cbmcok.com. cbmcok.com. C-B-M-C, the Christian Businessmen's Connection. Okay.com. And worst case, guys, you can always go on True North. Live. Right. We've got it under our resources tab with our ministry partners. Yep. CBMC is unashamedly on there as one of our ministry partners, so you can find it there and then find your contact information. We do have groups that meet once a month for half a day that are just for business owners. We call that our trusted advisors forum. So these are for business owners that don't have a board of directors telling them what to do. So when the buck stops with them, who's where do you go for counsel? Who are men that understand the stress and the pressure of running a company and dealing with the issues that you as a business business owner deal with? Who's who's your circle of influence there? So we've got groups for those guys, those business leaders. We've got a program for young professionals, people who were in their 20s are in their 20s or 30s, kind of in that stage of life where I got off track, right? How do we how do we keep people from getting off track? And how do we engage the older generation to invest in poor, pass on principles to the newer generations? Mm. And so our Young Professionals program does that. We bring in senior business leaders from across the community who can come in and share part of their story and pass on the things that they've put to the test and found to be true. 
Um, we've got groups that meet in various parts of town every week, much like True North does. These are groups that are open to anybody. You don't have to tell somebody you're coming. You don't have to pay anything or give your contact information. You make up a name when you show up if you want to. But <laughs> what you're going to find is you're going to find Christian business guys from all industry backgrounds, stages of their career, ages, um, cultures even. And they, they just keep their act sharp, right? Mm. We come together once a week and we talk about how do we live out this faith at work? And then we spend, and prayer is a very important part of our gatherings. So we'll spend a portion of, if it's a one-hour meeting, we're going to spend a significant part of that hour just breaking up into small huddles of three or four and taking turns praying for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same kind of prayer that we do on Sunday mornings, oftentimes in our small groups, uh, where it's praying for Aunt Sally's hip surgery. <laughs> it's more, you know, James, how can I pray for you this week? Trey, what are you struggling with right now? Or what opportunity feel God is calling you into that we can yeah. come alongside and lift you up. And it's, it's really, a lot of us don't have people who are praying for us at that level yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then come back the next week and see them again. And they follow up with that. How'd that go for you? So, so yeah, man, I'm, I want to share this and, and you'll know it, but, and I'm probably going to botch the numbers. So forgive me, but imagine if I asked you, whoever's listening to this today, would you want to be a part of a church? Would you be willing to go to a church that every single month paid the mortgages for 1,500 people? Man, would you, would you like, would that be a church you'd want to be involved in? Absolutely. Would you want to be involved in a church that helped pay the utility bills for 1,500 people? Absolutely. How about one that paid for the groceries? Like you took care of the living expenses for 1,500 people. That's a church that you'd want to be a part of, right? What if I said a church that had put 10,000 kids through college, that had paid their tuition for 10,000 kids to go to college? Is that a church you'd want to be involved with? And I think every one of us would be going, absolutely. I mean, that's a church that's reaching the world, that's impacting lives, that is you know moving the gospel tangibly through people's lives. Well, that's a guy named Steve Trice in a company called Jasco. And by giving jobs in a kingdom-minded business, all of those things are accomplished. And what I love is for so many of us, and, and I'm speaking kind of to the business owners, but if God is putting on your heart to start a business, to run a business, um, pastors, and this is not a dig on pastors, but they have an hour, maybe two, maybe three a week in someone's lives. But as a business owner, you've got 40 plus hours to speak into their lives. And you have such a voice in the workplace that pastors will never have. And so, man, everything you're saying, Brent, just to be able to take your faith, take it into the workplace, that is the great commission. I mean, that is the commission that Jesus has called us to. And so I love what you guys are doing. Love what CBMC is about. Thank you for being here today. And and as we close and wrap this up, I want to always close with this one question to you. Over the last few months or over this last year, however long, where is God working in your life? What What is he showing Brent, whether that's through a book that you've been reading, an event that you've been to, through the word, through something, some way, what has God really been working in your life? Like what, what's he showing you? Oh man, I was prepared for that question, but I'm not sure I really want to answer it. <laughs> so 
I spent most of my career as an independent contractor before I came on staff with this ministry. And as a contractor, uh, you have to find the work and do the work. And so you're kind of a one-man band. And I still, even though I've got an incredible team around me, I still operate too often as a one-man band. And so that's one of the areas where God is working on me right now is that building a leadership style in me or a leadership experience in me that it's not come naturally. I can't fall back on my muscle memory of having led teams in the corporate workplace. It's just been me for all these years. And and I'm realizing uh, that I'm, I, I go into production mode with this vision that God's given me for CBMC and all these things that will advance the ministry and help us be more efficient and engage more business leaders and whatnot. But I go into production mode, and I have, I, so I drive to Tulsa once a month to meet with a man up there who is not a part of CBMC, and that was on purpose. I know him because, as it turns out, he's the man who first discipled Greg. Remember Greg in my life, mm-hmm. oh, my story? Wow. He's the man who first discipled Greg. So you could call him my grandpa wow. if you wanted to. But I meet with him once a month, and uh, he hit me between the eyes two weeks ago when I was up there. He said, so you've settled for production instead of reproduction. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, ouch. <laughs> so that's what God's working with me on. I, I meet with another young guy who's working on an MBA, and and uh, we meet every week. We met this morning. We start our weeks together. He, um, he and I are going through a book called Essentialism right now, which is not a faith-based book, but it's basically how do you do more by doing less? Mm-hmm. How do you select and eliminate options? so that you're giving your best effort to the things that you need to be working on now. And so as he and I are reading through this book together and I'm meeting with this man in Tulsa on a regular basis, I'm asking God to show me of all these great ideas that you've given me for the ministry, which are the ones that I'm supposed to be doing, which are the ones I need to be delegating, and which are the ones that need to be in a parking lot someplace that none of us need to be working on right now. And how do I... How do I not just charge ahead because I can? Because I can. I can outproduce most people. That's what my job has been for all these years. But he, I think he's showing me how to not drive with as the only person in the car. That's good. Right? Man. So here in a couple months, we'll have you back on the podcast so That's that you right. can share how okay, you Okay, so here's it all what out. you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to have any of my coworkers on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, man, Brent, thank you so much for coming in today, sharing that, being honest. I mean, being vulnerable mm-hmm. with that, that um, so often it's easy for us to come in and just put the put the bright face on, you know, how everything's so amazing. Um, and But to be vulnerable and say, man, this is where, and it's kind of what you led. If I'm only leading out of my strength, I'm not bringing Jesus and acknowledging my deficiencies and surrendering to him that's a dangerous place to be. So to acknowledge those things that we are in desperate need of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so um, once again, that doesn't discourage you from um, or discount you from ministry. If anything, that just allows you to do the work and allow Jesus to come in and work through you. So that's I right. think it's beautiful. Brent, thank you so much for being here again. Man, if you're hearing this, something struck in you, check out CBMC, CBMC ok.com um, go to the true north true north.live find them their information there reach out to these guys get plugged in you can't do life alone and so brent thank you so much again for being here. thank you Trent. thank you james